Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of the Dayson Digest podcast. My name is Melissa Johnson, and I'm a professor of medicine at Duke University Medical Center and a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dayson. The title of this podcast episode is Less is More, Reducing Unnecessary Antibiotic Use for Asymptomatic Bacteria. Today, we will be discussing a paper by Larissa Gregorian and colleagues entitled Analysis of an Antibiotic Stewardship Program for Asymptomatic Bacteria in the Veterans Affairs Healthcare System in the journal JAMA Network Open of July 25, 2022. As a reminder, we will post a link to this article in the show notes as well as on our Dayton website. Urinary tract infections are one of the most common reasons for prescribing antibiotics in both the hospital and the outpatient setting. But studies have noted a need to improve both diagnosis and antimicrobial prescribing for these infections. While asymptomatic bacteria, or ASB, should generally not be treated with antibiotics, a recent meta-analysis suggested that antibiotics are administered to patients with ASB in approximately 45% of cases. A 2017 study at the Veterans Affairs Medical Centers found that as much as 72% of ASB cases were treated with antibiotics. Given this need for improvement, this group of investigators began several projects aimed at optimizing approaches to patients with possible urinary tract infections. First with a campaign they called Kicking Cowdy, which was focused on optimizing diagnosis and management of catheter-related urinary tract infections at several different time points during provider-patient encounters. They then wanted to extend success from this intervention to ASB across several different VA medical centers. This study evaluated external and internal facilitation as an implementation strategy for antimicrobial stewardship, and the program included both acute and long-term care settings. There was a centralized coordinating center with four individuals that served as external facilitators. Then there was a champion at each local site who was a local leader in infectious diseases, and this local champion became an internal facilitator for uptake of the intervention by delivering training on CAUDI and ASB and promoting culture change at their institution. The external facilitators organized monthly meetings to bring together the four local site teams and provided site-specific teaching cases. They also helped to compile data and provided two research coordinators for additional support. The internal facilitators or individuals at the local site were given a treatment algorithm in standardized teaching cases that showed how this algorithm could be applied to certain clinical scenarios. They were asked to deliver a presentation using two to four teaching cases per month in various settings, such as team rounds, grand rounds, and in-services at their institutions. The algorithm is provided in the supplementary material for the article, but is the same algorithm that was used in the Kicking Cowdy campaign. It asks the provider two questions that should be answered before sending a culture for UTI or before prescribing antibiotics for a UTI. They called this the Texas Two-Step. The first question is, does the patient have symptoms of a UTI? And if the answer is no, it states a urine culture should not be sent. If a patient has symptoms of a UTI, which might include flank pain, pelvic discomfort, acute hematuria, urgency, frequency, and suprapubic pain, or possibly delirium, rigors, or fever, which the last three should be interpreted with caution, the provider is asked a second question. 
does a non-UTI diagnosis likely account for the symptoms the patient is experiencing? If yes, the algorithm suggests that these other causes are worked up. If no other causes explain the symptoms, then it is suggested to send a urine culture, consider empiric antibiotics for the UTI, and to carefully review any results of urine culture when they return. The algorithm continues on to guide next steps after urine culture results are available. It includes guidance for duration of antibiotic therapy for uncomplicated as well as complicated UTIs. Four Veterans Affairs Medical Centers were selected to adopt this intervention. Another Veterans Medical Center within the same region of each of these facilities was selected as a control and did not adopt the intervention during this time. The intervention and comparison sites were similar in terms of geographic location and other characteristics such as number of beds or teaching status, but they were specifically chosen to be in a different VA service network to avoid cross-contamination with these facilities. The intervention targeted a variety of healthcare practitioners, including physicians, pharmacists, nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, and clinical nurse assistants on acute and long-term care units. There were two phases at each site, including baseline data collection, as well as an intervention phase. During the intervention period, the internal facilitators delivered these interactive teaching cases to the targeted clinicians using, as we said, team rounds, in-services, and teaching conferences. The cases were actual patient encounters at the intervention site, occurring within the timeframe of the study. Typically, the local site champion, who was an infectious diseases physician and our pharmacist, met one of the internal medicine teams in their office and reviewed one of the teaching cases from the library provided by the study, using the algorithm pocket cards to guide the discussion. Personnel at the site were allowed to ask specific questions related to current patient scenarios and were given immediate advice. The intervention phase lasted at least 12 months at each site, except for one site where it was cut short by two months due to COVID-19. Data collection for the study ended May 1st of 2020. The investigators hypothesized that the intervention would lead to a reduction in the rate of urine culture orders over the course of the intervention period in intervention sites and would not decrease in the comparison sites. They also thought that the, this would lead to a reduction in and antimicrobial use related to urine cultures at the intervention sites, but not at the comparison sites. In terms of inclusions, all patients admitted to acute care medicine wards or community living long-term care centers, such as VA nursing homes at these facilities were included from October 1st of 2017 through April 30th of 2020. Data from a central VA medical center database was extracted to analyze study outcomes. Pharmacy data on systemic antibiotic prescriptions was extracted for patients with a urine culture order. They excluded drugs not used to treat urinary organisms, such as dapsone, clarithromycin, metronidazole, rifampin, azithromycin, other rifamycins, and oral vancomycin. They excluded antibiotics that were reordered after a gap of longer than one day and prescriptions for a course that were longer than 30 days. They calculated days of antibiotic therapy and length of antibiotic therapy, similar to how we do this in DASON, with patient bed days as a denominator. The primary outcome was the total number of urine cultures ordered by inpatient or long-term care clinicians during the study. Urine cultures that were ordered before admission in the emergency department or outpatient clinics were excluded. 
Other outcomes included inpatient antimicrobial use started temporally in relationship to a urine culture as measured by days of therapy and length of therapy. Data for each of the outcome variables, including urine cultures and urine culture-related days of antibiotic therapy and length of antibiotic therapy per 1,000 bed days were aggregated monthly by facility level, and the period was divided into baseline and intervention segments. Interrupted time series analysis was then performed to compare the baseline and intervention time periods. So what did they find? In all, they included more than 11,000 patients in this study. Given the service population of the Veterans Affairs Medical Centers, approximately 95% of these were men. Also, 73% were white with about 19% black patients and only about 6% were Hispanic or Latino. About 90% of the patients were on acute care medical wards with about 10% in long-term care beds. There were a little over 12,000 urine cultures ordered overall on these patients of which 48% were positive. This amounted to 5,867 positive urine cultures. There were almost 5,000 patients that received antibiotics for these urine cultures, and more than half of these, or 53%, received more than one antibiotic. In terms of the urine culture ordering, the interrupted time series analysis showed that there was a decline in the rate of urine culture ordering at both the intervention and comparison sites during the baseline period. After the intervention, it continued to decline at the intervention site at about the same rate. The relative percentage decrease of urine cultures at these intervention sites after the intervention was about 6.9%. But at the comparison sites, the rate of culture ordering actually increased during the intervention phase. The relative percentage increase of urine cultures at the comparison sites in the post-intervention period was about 29%. In a subsequent analysis adjusted for site-specific variability, the investigators found a significant reduction in the number of urine cultures ordered by 3.24 urine cultures per 1,000 bed days in the intervention sites compared to the control sites. In terms of antibiotic treatment outcomes, the rate of antibiotic days of therapy increased in the control sites and decreased in the intervention sites. The relative percentage increase of days of therapy at the comparison sites in the post-intervention period was about 35%. And the decrease in DOT at the intervention sites after the intervention was about a 22% decrease compared to baseline. In terms of length of therapy, after the intervention, the rate of urine culture-related length of therapy increased at the control sites and decreased in the intervention sites. Again, the relative percentage increase of length of therapy at the comparison sites in the post-intervention phase was 37% compared to baseline. And at the intervention sites, this declined by about 21%. So in summary, this paper is a nice example of how we can leverage successful stewardship interventions and extend them outward into other facilities and scenarios. Overall in this study, urine cultures decreased on average about 3.2 cultures per 1,000 bed days with this intervention. And this would translate to reduction of over 2,800 urine cultures during the 900,000 bed days of the study. This also resulted in a decrease in days of antibiotic therapy 
of about 9.1 per 1,000 bed days. That would lead to about 8,193 fewer days of unnecessary antibiotic therapy. There are some limitations to this study, including the fact that the VA setting and population is a bit unique and 95% male. So that may limit generalizability of these findings to other settings with different populations and limited resources. Nevertheless, we have been able to engage in face-to-face -face educational activities with providers at most of our facilities. So I can envision us being able to adapt this intervention for use at many of our DASON partner hospitals. Another limitation to the study is that they did not assess appropriateness of the urine cultures that were performed in individual cases and just assessed the total number of urine cultures ordered during the study timeframe. Similarly, individual antibiotic courses were not assessed for appropriateness given the large scope of data capture and analysis necessary for this project. They did do some chart review to validate the antibiotic prescriptions at the sites in relation to urine cultures, however. They reviewed 1,261 cases of positive urine cultures with 726 in the baseline period and 535 in the intervention period. And using standardized definitions found that 60% of these were ASB. After the intervention, the percentage of ASB cases in this sample treated with antibiotics fell from 23.5% to 15.3%. Thus, while total antibiotic DOT and LOT declined, perhaps even further declines are possible with this intervention for ASB. Similar to some of the interventions we've been working on in our DASON network, this study used a central coordinating center to train and support local experts at each facility who were able to successfully implement the stewardship intervention on the ground. This is nice to see, and we can consider ways to leverage this in the future at our sites. I look forward to seeing how we can implement interventions like this throughout our DASON facilities and invite you to discuss it more with your DASON liaison. With that, we will conclude this episode of the DASON Digest. On behalf of all the DASON staff, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Just as a reminder, links to the paper mentioned today will be posted on our website. We hope you check it out and come back in two weeks for our next DASON Digest.